0: Hey, this is Karen Coach's Corner Chats. And on the episode today, I have Manya Papioni. Manya, where are you and what are you up to?
1: Um, Yes, it's a lovely snow day in Northern Virginia, just outside DC. Uh, My husband, Bobby, and I got back home on Saturday night. We had a very long trip um, in December. I was literally in Virginia for like two days in December. So, It's nice to be home. We had the GA showcase in Southern California um, and then flew up to his parents in Northern California for about a week to spend some time with them and his brother and sister and their families. And then we flew back home to Virginia, took about a day and then drove down to South Carolina where my mom and my brother is. And we spent the holidays there. Um, and then for new years, we spent a couple of days at an Airbnb, um, near Myrtle beach. So that was really nice. A couple of nice days of some sun and some warm weather. And then, yeah, I drove back home. So, <laughs> um, this is the coaching life it's, you know, always on the road. And, uh, I actually leave on Wednesday for a recruiting trip about 10 days in Florida. So I'm super pumped for that.
0: So, just to give people an idea, what is the off season look like for a for a college coach?
1: Oh, there is no off season. It's you know we don't get a break. Yeah, we have um, Division One has a dead period, um, December fifteenth to January fifth, but you know still doing emails and calls during that time. Still setting schedules, planning for the spring semester. So, there really is no off time for for college coaches. It's it's always on the go, and you know you have to you know, make it a priority to find the time that you can, um, to relax and unwind and, you know, figure out what that looks like for you and what you need in that moment.
0: (laughs) And and where are you at right now in terms of your, your college coaching right now?
1: Um, so I'm currently at George Mason university division one in Fairfax, Virginia. It's just outside DC. I started, um, literally two weeks before the fall preseason started. Um, so that was, fantastic being thrown right (laughs) into the fire but no it was great we had had a great season and you know the the team and the players really you know they were very um open-armed and to the changes you know and the energy and the passion and just the relationships that I wanted to create with them um before that I was at a division three Marymount University um up the street in Arlington Virginia I was the head coach there for a little bit. And before that, I was an assistant at Maryland um, for about three years coaching with my former college coach.
0: What were what were some of the things when, so you're kind of thrust into this George Mason thing pretty quickly. What were some of the things that you said, I want to get these in place as quickly as possible and, and lay the foundation for what hopefully is a successful program?
1: Yeah, um, that was definitely something that I had to you know, think about and consider um, you know, cause every team is different, you know, my Marymount team, my Maryland team, very different than the Mason team. So you, you have to go in and sort of evaluate to see where the team culture is, see, you know, what they had in place before, you know, I have all of these ideas, but you can't make all of the changes like that first day, you know, so you kind of have to figure out, you know, what's the priority of what you want to do coming in. And then eventually, you know, the spring season, I have some ideas as well. Um, so, you know, those two weeks before the preseason started, I got to meet the team over zoom. Yay. Zoom. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I shared a PowerPoint. I'm like super OCD and super nerd. I love creating PowerPoints. So I just, you know, shared a little PowerPoint about just who I, who I was, you know, I shared my values and shared my story You know, I've had some crazy ups and downs in my playing and coaching career and career in my personal life, you know, so I shared that with them right away, you know, like you have to be, vulnerable with them, you know, and be open and like help them to see, like, I'm a person too. like, I have my my hardships, I have my, you know, my victories, too. So I think setting that foundation was great. And then um, I took those two weeks to do individual like FaceTime calls and Zoom calls. We have a couple international players too. just to ask them like, hey, you know, like, what do you love about Mason? You know, like, why did you choose Mason? What do you want to change? You know, what are you looking forward to? How can I help and support you? Like, how do you need to be coached? And I think like, you know, they were kind of shocked by that, you know, that like me as a, their head coach coming into this preseason, like, yeah, they wanted to, you know, impress me, you know, the first day was very energetic and they were excited, but I think they were just shocked at like, I wanted to get so personal with them right away and like understand them, you know, so um, I don't know if they had that before. I'm not really sure. You know, it's different being a female coach coming into, you know, to a woman's team. So, you know, that was one of the changes. Like, I want to create these connections with them, you know, and it's genuine. Like, I want to get to know them. Like, during game days, I would go have coffee with a couple of the freshmen and just hang out and not even talk about soccer, talk about everything else. So, you know, for me, like, those relationships and creating those connections are are crucial. You know, like, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I played professionally. I played with the national team. They don't care about that. You know, they don't care that I know how to play a three, five, two very well, you know, but they, they know that I care about them and, you know, now they'll listen to me, you know? So, um, you know, that was kind of like the off the field stuff that I wanted to change. And then on the field to um, teach them how to do a three, five, two, you know, so that definitely took some time for them to, you know, understand and be completely bought in. I mean, we had, they were number three at the time, UVA, zero, zero at halftime in a three, five, two was not a five back. It was a three back against UVA. So, um, you know, that was a really, really cool thing that we had going on. Um, you know, and then just lastly, like my standards, you know, I'm very particular being in with the national team and playing professional, like it is a whole nother level than high school or club, you know? So I brought all those standards with me and just you know, a lot of the things that I do are player led. So I presented what I had and gave them an opportunity to, you know, add or change what they wanted because this is their team. You know, I'm just here to manage that. So um, yeah, long story short, those are, those are the changes that I brought in.
0: <laughs> I love it too. Cause it wasn't, there wasn't an expectation of like, Hey, we're going to look at results. Like you were like, let's make some connections. Let's do chemistry culture, that type of thing. Um, and then you had your tactic formation thing that like, hey. There's going to be a learning curve, um, but it was really cool. It sounds like to have an opportunity to be able to point at one thing like the UVA game and say, look, girls, you're getting it. It's going to take some time, but you just went against really high quality competition and had some success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: one of the things you brought up earlier was the um, going back to Maryland for your for your coach. What what brought you back that you said, hey, I want to stay here and, and t- t- take more time to learn uh from this coach.
1: Yeah, um, I guess a little backstory. So I was um I, I went to Arizona State. So that's where I, I played for Ray Leone and Tracy Leone is um was my under 19 national team coach. So that was a connection there. Um after that I broke my leg after I graduated. So I was set to go in with the national team. Obviously a breaking leg sort of offsets those plans that you have. So um I had an opportunity to start grad school in Connecticut University of New Haven. Um, met with the coach there and just said, Hey, like I need to rehab. Like, I just want to, you know, be involved with the team. You know, I had started, um, a girls Academy in Connecticut, um, after that. So like, I knew that coaching was always going to be my thing, but I wanted to play as long as I could, you know, so having this opportunity to get my master's in business, um, you know, work with the team, rehab my leg, get back into it. Um, I was actually the the goalkeeper coach for, for a little bit too. And I had to jump in goal, not a goalkeeper, but I think I'm pretty good. (laughs) um but that yeah it was really fun really great experience so the time I worked out you know perfectly where um I finished my master's um and then the pro league came back there was a pro league when I was at Arizona State the WSA had folded um and then it came back just in time for me finishing up my master's so I got drafted to LA played with Marta out there unbelievable experience um and then that team folded so then I got Drafted to Atlanta. I tore my ACL the fourth day of preseason, was out the whole entire season. Definitely, you know, a crazy journey with that and just a lot of, um, you know, lessons and, and mental toughness and just focusing on, on the right things. Um, so obviously after that, you know, coaches aren't sure of you. So I went overseas to Iceland, got myself an agent, had an awesome experience coming back there. Um, after that, uh, I signed with the Western New York flash and that's when the league folded, um, 2012. So I literally had like two weeks to figure out what the heck I was going to do. Um, fortunately I had a former Atlanta beat teammate and a player who also played in Iceland at the same time playing with a team in Finland. So I called her up. I was like, get me your coach on the phone. I just want to play. I don't care how much I get paid. Um, so I ended up going over to Finland, um, playing for a team there, Oland United, it was an Island in between Finland and Sweden, amazing experience, had like the best year of my career. I was named team captain. I broke the league record for goals. I was named the best player in Finland for that year, Um, all while like losing money because like I wasn't getting paid much, but like I wanted to play. Um, After that, I came back home. Um, the league that that's in place now, the NWSL came back. So I signed with sky blue for my last year. Um, my last year as a playing, I'd gotten like five or six concussions. So unfortunately after the sky blue season, I had to retire, um, made the very difficult decision, but very good decision to retire. Um, so, you know, I just spent some time in Connecticut, um, took a little bit of time off from the game. Um, but, wasn't too long. I started coaching again for high school, started coaching club. Um, I started working for my church, started doing like personal training classes. I was a spin instructor. So I was doing a million things. I was also working for like a marketing company, building websites, doing a million, million things for a couple of years and just like not really getting anywhere. I loved what I was doing. I was very great at what I was doing. Um, and then I was actually driving back to Connecticut from visiting my brother in South Carolina when Ray Leon, um, who had just gotten the Maryland job had called me and he was like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, you know, driving through the mountains, like, (laughs) you know, going back home to Connecticut. And he said, why don't you take a detour, come to Maryland, check it out. I want you to come coach me. So, you know, yeah, long story short again, like that's how I got to Maryland. And, you know, it was a very difficult decision because it was, you know, decision to continue to do what I was doing, being great at what I was doing. You know, I was like looking to become a missionary to Haiti. I'd done a couple of mission trips to Haiti. You know, it was a crazy, crazy decision just get up and leave and, you know, trust that this was the next step in my path. And I'm I'm very grateful that I did that I didn't make the decision. So I, you know, drove down to or drove across to Maryland, checked it out, went back home, took a mission trip to Haiti and then made the decision to to go to Maryland and coach with Ray. And it was, you know, spent an awesome three years there
0: though the one thing that i hear it's a i the the injuries come out um, yeah. but then you talked about it um, sharing it with your your girls team or your women's team about hey i've gone through struggles and and what have you where where did that i'm going to get back up mentality come from you talked about mindset and like you know breaking a leg and then still you wanted to play and then the acl but you still wanted to play and then you, I mean, you go all the way over to Finland, and like you said, it wasn't for the money. It was because I just love playing. Um, was that something that was instilled at you as like at a younger age, where your parents kind of that kind of mold, or is that just who you are?
1: Yeah, I think it's a combination of you know all of that. Um, I have two older brothers, you know, so and I'm the youngest, so you know, being. The youngest and being the only girl, you know, like with two older brothers, like I, I played soccer because they played soccer, you know, like I wanted to do everything they did. I was a total tomboy, you know, like wore their army fatigues, you know, like borrowed their clothes and stuff like that. So, you know, they instilled this, like this toughness in me. Like I was their target practice. Like I would get literally beat up by my brothers, um, you know, so like, it just made me tougher, um, you know, but I, I think I was always very self-motivated. Like I always wanted to go for runs on my own. I always wanted to be out, you know, in the front yard, you know, working on my touches or just, I, I played a multitude of sports. I played baseball with the boys, played basketball, did gymnastics. And, um, you know, my parents are very, very supportive. I'm very grateful for the time and energy and money that they spent, like trekking me around to every single practice, waking up at like 7am on a Saturday morning to go to ODP. Like, very grateful for them, you know, so they were supportive, you know, they just wanted me to be happy and, um, you know, they were my biggest fans. So I think it was just a combination of all that, but, um, you know, for me, it's all about like the journey and the process and just trusting the process that, you know, like going through those hard times, like it's going to make you tougher. It's going to make you appreciate, you know, more that you have. And, um, you know, I'm a Christian as well. So just having that faith as my foundation, you know, just knowing that there's a greater plan and, you know, God's God's in control, you know, like he's got it, like, um, you know it's just a combination of those factors
0: what were some of the the biggest things that you took away from those the time at Maryland
1: um, yeah I mean I think at first when I had gotten there I was you know and all young coaches like make that's not a mistake but it is that journey and learning process that it was all about winning and just being at the highest level and you know making your players great yes it's it's about making your players great on the field but also like off the field so like that was a amazing time where, um, my coaching philosophy shifted, you know, like I already had a little bit of that, um, you know, from that girls Academy that we created in Connecticut, um, created with a couple of other professionals, Tiffany Weimer, Kira McCormick, listener. We created something in that market that wasn't there, you know, like we really worked with these players and we were role models for them. So I already had that a little bit, but like getting to a power five, like that was in my head, like, I made it. Like, I played at the highest level. Like, I'm now coaching at one of the highest levels. So, you know, like, for me, it was about winning. And, like, you know, Ray was tasked with revamping this program. You know, like, we were in the Big Ten, very tough conference, you know, like, very, very tough games. And, like, we had this task of, you know, revamping this program and putting everything that we could into it. And, like, at that level, results do matter. You know, like, after six years, like, you know, he got let go because, you know, because results do matter, you know, so for me, like it was all about that winning, but I did have, you know, a very strong coaching philosophy shift. Um, and I do owe a lot of that to Yawande Balogun, who is also the assistant coach with me there. She had played at Maryland, um, was getting her master's there. And then, you know, we had gone to a couple of different, um, coaching development academies, um, through Becky Burley, um, former Florida coach who is, One of my mentors and is now officially my mentor through the B course, Um, you know, doing her programs, like that coaching philosophy shift came because we talked about like what I was talking about earlier, connecting with your players and really getting to know them and like figuring out who you are. Like you have to be able to lead yourself first, which like I didn't really know how to do that my first year or so coaching at Maryland, you know, so that you can then lead your players. And it was all about those connections with the players. So um, you know, that was a big, huge thing for me at Maryland. And I'm you know, grateful for that, you know, for Becky and for you one day and just having that that coaching philosophy shift.
0: The one thing that I I clearly hear to you talk about relationships, but you've clearly made a ton of them throughout your playing career now into coaching. Um, how important has that been to have that, especially when you were going through some of the injuries or when you reached out to your friend and say, hey, I need to play just I'll come to Finland and what have you, how important has it been to have that really positive nucleus around you during your entire playing and now your coaching career?
1: Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I would say it's, it's definitely, you know, one of the the factors in my success and, you know, where I've gotten, um, it is about who, you know, you know, like, yes, it's about like your talents and, you know, the hard work that you put in, but a good deal is about who, you know, you know, like I, may not have gotten that Maryland assistant coaching job if it wasn't for I, if I hadn't played for him. And, you know, he was like a second father to me. Um, My father did pass away in college and him and Tracy became like a second family, you know, so it's, it's about those relationships and how you treat people and how you connect with them and how you follow up with them. You know, I just, I think back to like all of my, you know, former teammates and, you know, former opponents, like Tiffany Weimer, who created Duke Dick brand, like you know, like, it's amazing what she's doing. And like, I grew up playing with her. She's from Connecticut too. Like, you know, we're still good friends. Like it's, it's just so wild, like to see her path alongside my path and just how we've stayed connected and, you know, how I'm so very like excited for her to see what she's doing and following her dream. And she's excited for me. So, yeah, I mean, like I wouldn't have gotten on the Finland team if it wasn't for, you know, my friend, my teammate from, from Atlanta and from Iceland. It's, it really is about about who you know and i mean that's i know that's a part of how i got the job at mason too you know like todd um who was the former head coach he's now my boss they created a, an admin position for him like he knows bobby and i like i've known him for a little bit you know so it, it really is about about who you know what
0: what is it like you t- brought it up about being a female coming into the female program or the women's program at mason and just in general what is it how important is it to you as a female um, in the world of soccer? Because you talked about kind of the, you know, each of the leagues that you started to play in and they shut down. And then now we get to finally see NWSL starting to grow a little bit. And it seems like the women's game, even like over in, you know, the Premier League overseas and just all of the momentum that's now coming, how important it is to you, like for you as a female in this situation to continue to coaching and, and take and make a positive impact?
1: No, absolutely. I mean, I, I think you know, it, it, it's definitely helpful. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm very not conflicted, but I have my own opinions about this. Like, yes, I think more women need to be involved in the women's game, but not just because we're female, you know, like qualified ones who can make a difference should be hired. Um, you know, and because of my experience playing, you know, professionally with the national team, you know, like I have all of that experience that a male coach will not have, you know? So one of the questions that I do ask my players is, do you want to keep playing? You know, like, do you want to go play overseas? I wish I could have played longer overseas just for that, just enjoying that process of being in a different culture and playing a game that you love. Like there's so much opportunity now, you know, even compared to when I played professionally, You know, there's so many opportunities, even first division, second divisions, for players to go play. So that's one of the questions I ask my players: Go do it. You can't play soccer for the rest of your life. I'm like still trying. I jump into training and I'm like hurting for two weeks. Like I wish I could have kept playing longer. Obviously, with my concussions, I, I couldn't have. But you know, I think it's important for them to see, you know, my experience and my accomplishments and what I've been through, and for them to aspire to, you know, to be able to do the same, even if it's for one year after they graduate.
0: What would you if for those that are thinking about, hey, I'd love to go play at the professional level or maybe even at the national level, what is the difference? What's the mindset? What's the what's a what's the feeling when you go from like college, like I, from from high school to college and you keep moving up the levels? What what seems to be the difference? Like, what do you say? Oh, you need to be ready for this um, because it's going to be a little bit different than what you've experienced at this level.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, each level is is so, so different and you don't know what it is or what it feels like until you're there until you're at that level. Like I remember my first under 19 national team camp and like, like, yeah, I was a great player, high school club. I was an All American, like I was fast. I was technical. Um, you know, and then you go into this camp and you're like, my goodness, everyone is lightning fast. Everyone is super technical. Everybody knows the game very well. So you're competing against players that are just like you and even better than you, you know? So like you have to have that self-motivation to, you know, to get better, you know, take the time, make the right decisions and right choices for your body, sleep, nutrition, hydration, all that stuff. Um, But yeah, I mean, it is, it is a whole nother level. And um, Tiff, I'm going to keep bringing her up because she tweets some great stuff. (laughs) She tweeted this quote the other day and I don't remember exactly, but like you have to have this balance of that you're not good enough, but that you're good enough at the same time. And that's what it is at that highest level. Like you have to have that confidence because confidence is huge. That's definitely one of the things that I think players today struggle with. Um, You know, they, they, I think they have that confidence going into like a training session and they're going to get out of it what they need to get out of it. But then they show up on game day and they're just like shaking in their boots, you know, like that, that confidence piece is huge to know that you are good enough to be at that level But then you have to have that humility and that humbleness and that balance of like, I'm not good enough. So I'm going to go home and and work my butt off to make sure that I can compete at this level and not, you know, make a fool of myself next time I'm in camp.
0: (laughs) I guess it's an interesting balancing act for sure. The other thing I wanted to ask is when you look back um, on the injuries and what have you, what do you think might have, was it just bad luck? Or what do you, as you look back, like the concussions and the broken leg and the ACL, was it just kind of like, and like you said, you, you're, you believe in your faith and you feel like, you know, everything kind of happens and there's a a reason and it's landed you here where you're going to make a huge impact on George Mason soccer and beyond. As you look back, are there some things that maybe you can share with your, you know, your players now to say, Hey, maybe I went too hard at times or what, Cause I can tell you, you're very like determined. I can just picture you on the field, just running right through center backs and what have you. Um, are there things you look back and go, maybe if I had done it differently, maybe I'm not as injured.
1: Um, I don't know. Yes and no. And that's definitely something that I've learned to find that balance now because yeah, I'm like either a million miles per hour or I'm like at rest zero because I go a million miles per hour, like 24 seven. So um, I've definitely gotten better, you know, my, my, family and friends always, you know, give me a hard time and make jokes and stuff. Um, but I mean, yeah, with my, my broken leg, I, it was, just, I took a step. I did like a step over, I took a step and my leg broke, um, not contact. Like, I mean, I was wearing cleats on turf. So like, I try to attribute the injury to that. Like my cleat got stuck <laughs> on the turf. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was the the second game in a semi-pro summer league. Um, ACL, same sort of thing. Uh, just, faked one way to go the other and took a step and I felt it and I was like I think I just tore my ACL like I didn't I didn't hurt or anything didn't hear a pop but I was like yep definitely just tore my ACL so and that yeah that was a, a the fourth day of preseason two in a scrimmage so um I don't know I mean I, like I said God's got a plan and you know whether at that point in in my career where I like I just graduated from college and then you know, my second year playing pro, like I had worked my butt off that, you know, that winter off season in between LA soul and Atlanta, like literally balled out. I don't know, you know, like maybe I was working my body too hard and God was like, you need to slow down and figure out how to like manage being a professional athlete and take care of your body. But more, I don't know. I mean, I've always been, you know, super into like health and nutrition, like I'm vegan, I'm gluten-free. Like I really focus on what I put into my body actually just gave up caffeine which I needed to, cause like I was a million miles per hour with caffeine too. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the concussions, um, I actually had a couple off the field. So I'm like, I feel like I'm like the clumsy athlete off the field. Um, getting into my car was, um, the first really bad one that I had in that series of concussions. And if I hadn't gotten that first one, that next one, when I was in Finland, like on the field shouldn't have been a concussion. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's Definitely reasons for my injuries, but you know, I've definitely learned a lot because I still struggle with the effects from all the concussions. I had actually gotten one more when I was coaching at Maryland playing in a an indoor game. Um, and that concussion actually set off migraines. Um, I actually developed a tumor in my brain, not that neurologists want to connect the two, but I have my own theories. So um, I did have the tumor removed in 2019, so I'm still dealing with the effects of that concussion and like all those pretty much like traumatic brain injuries, um, you know, so I've had to make choices to make sure that I am focusing on my my physical and mental health as well.
0: Has the focus on the physical and mental health and all that type of stuff and being vegan and all those, has that been something even as like a teenager and stuff, were you very cognizant of what you were putting in your body and Cause it sounds like even talking about rest and water and all that stuff, was that something or was that something that like even the caffeine where you have had, as you've gotten older, like I know hindsight, I look back and go probably not some good decisions for some of the yeah. things I was eating or I need to work out more and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it was, I mean, as a teenager, I ate terrible, like terrible, terrible. So that's probably why, like, I have to be gluten-free now. Like I would eat mac and cheese, like no other <laughs> as a, as a <laughs> um but yeah I mean being with a national team like nutrition and recovery and hydration was super important topics so you know through that education you know I learned that those things do make a difference you know and just what does affect your body I mean I was a vegetarian in, in college and I didn't you know I didn't drink in college um but yeah I mean I think it was an eventual process and having gone through like migraines and stuff and researching you know like brain and gut health is, you know, it's super important to how your body functions. So, um, you know, it's been a few years of being vegan. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I did, um, you know, because it's definitely helps help my body for sure.
0: I love the the about you is that you're kind of a solution driven. So a problem comes up, be it out of your control. So like a random step and a broken leg, and then you go from there. Um, And even talking about how your coaching has kind of transformed into more kind of person, uh, greater than player type of look. Uh, The other thing you've mentioned is your husband. So how in all of the gallivanting around and doing all that you were doing, how how is it that you and your husband come to meet and, and get to the level that you're at now where you're going to California and South Carolina and stuff?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we actually met at the Disney tournament, so where dreams come true. <laughs> oh. um, he was coaching for Cincinnati United Premier Cup at the time, um, and it was when Division I didn't have a dead period, so it was like the ECNL tournament first, like right after Christmas, and then the Disney tournament over New Year's, um, so yeah, we met in the fields, he was passing out pamphlets, um, you know, the team flyers, and know he stopped and i was like oh he's pretty cute like let me talk with him (laughs) and this doesn't happen like (laughs) it didn't happen all the time like this was just my son was like (laughs) oh like let's talk with him um you know and and it's funny because like we we definitely tell two different stories of how it went down you know so he was passing out the flyers and if if you know bobby and like you know he's so well known in this in the soccer world like he's very you know bubbly and energetic and loves talking to people and connecting with people as well so like like I like took off my sunglasses and like made eye contact I was like oh thank you like I'd love to connect with you like over your team and he's like yeah yeah sure and then like walk kept on walking and I was like okay like that's cool (laughs) like completely like ignored me and like went on and then um you know later that day I was watching one of his older teams and I was sitting with um, Matt Kozenuke who was at Cincinnati at the time him and Bobby are good friends just sitting there talking with him and Bobby comes over. So that was like a little bit more of like an intimate, you know, like, you know, just a couple of friends and, you know, Matt like reintroduced us and, um, you know, Bobby ended up giving me his card and I gave him my card and we just started talking and, um, you know, actually talked for a good month or so, um, you know, on FaceTime on just talking, getting to know each other. And then, um, yeah, just to started to to start dating and do the long distance thing. I went to Cincinnati and um, went to one of their, you know, like cup, soccer formal balls or whatever um yeah and then he he made the difficult decision to um to leave Cincinnati and move to Maryland to be with me um you know we hadn't dated for for very long before we got engaged but like when you were at the point where we were where you know we're a little bit older we're like in our you know early 30s and when you date and you've had a lot of bad like you know what's good (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know so we knew that it was you know, what we wanted to do. And he moved to Maryland and we got married, um, you know, and that's, that's it. We've been together ever since.
0: What, what has it been like having Bobby, um, by your side when you've like moved to George Mason and and coaching wise in terms of support and what have you?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's been so supportive. Um, you know, when the Mason job came about, you know, like he, He's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I think you should go for it. And <laughs> you know, he's he's funny like that. But no, I mean, he's been so supportive. You know, especially with my concussions and like, gosh, I was like very non functioning for a while when I was at Maryland. You know, because of the concussions and like on you know crazy medication and like going to see neurologists and I was depressed and anxious and moody. Like you know, uh, trying to like make up for for all of that now. You know, so he's been very very supportive. You know, like. And I help out with with FC Virginia, Um, you know, so it's it's nice that we are able to spend as much time together as we can, you know, even though we're both moving in, you know, different directions and, you know, he's working from home and then, you know, coaching at night and I'm going into, into campus and then I'm home at night you know, we, we find the time to, to hang out and, um, you know, connect the way that we can. I mean, we're homebodies. We hang out at home with our two dogs. Like we don't need to go out and about, but, you know, we do find the time to see family and, you know, hang out when we can, but, you know, it's, it's funny. Everybody's like, y'all are like the ultimate soccer power couple. And I'm like, we don't really talk that much about soccer at home. You know, like we sit on the couch and watch Madam Secretary and hang out with our dogs, you know, like that's our, our time together. We don't need to be talking about soccer, but yeah, no, he's been, he's been very supportive.
0: The thing that I think is really cool is that he kind of saw you, like you said, going through all the meds and like doctor's appointments and, and kind of at a, at a mental low, and he kind of stood by you to be able to support you. And I love the fact that he was like, look, go for it. Um, super supportive of it. And the other thing that was in my head was how much do you guys talk tactics or you know do you say say look we you know look look at the end of this game tell me what we could have done differently does there ever times where you just go i need some input or um or do you just sit there and just kind of like unleash on him like dude this training session today was so atrocious
1: (laughs) yeah yeah sometimes not not too too much just because i don't i mean i don't think we have a different in difference in like philosophy or like views on tactics it's you know like I'll go to him and you know talk about a training session or the game, and he'll give me his opinions. And I, you know, like I think we like know. I don't know how to praise us. No better to like not sort of dig into like oh gosh, like what were you guys thinking in that game? You know, like we talk about stuff, and he's you know he's more supportive than like oh like what the heck were you guys doing? You know, it's it it works out that way. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, like we'll watch games and stuff together. He'll send me like something on Twitter to check out. Like you know we we're definitely like a, another resource for each other.
0: One of the things you brought up too is like your, your friend, Tiffany and, and the things that she's doing and all those types of things. What are some of the other things like beyond the soccer field that you're involved in that, that you're excited about and would like to share?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I got, well, there's a couple of soccer things I am I'm getting involved with. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I shouldn't
0: yeah. be surprised. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I'm all about like, just like my own, like personal and professional development. So I'm starting my B course on Wednesday, you know, and through that, um, I'm, it's, it's a B course with former pros. So I'm in that with Joanna Loman, who I played with on the 21s, never got to play with her professionally, but played against her, you know, good friend of mine. So I'm excited for that. And through that is the, the, she champions, you know, mentorship course. So that's how I have Becky as one of my mentors. So I'm super excited for that. Um, I'm in Molly Grisham's mastermind coaching class. So there's about like, 10 or other, you know, college coaches, different sports. Um, And we meet every two weeks on Zoom and we just talk, um, you know, just about different topics. Um, We each get a hot seat where we get to, you know, bring forth an, an issue or something that we're dealing with and the other coaches provide feedback. So it's nice to have that space to know that like, okay, like I'm not like this issue that I'm going through, like other coaches have dealt with or is going, you know, dealing with now. So it's nice to have that space of support and encouragement and expertise and um just sharing you know thoughts and ideas with with each other um so those are the two soccer on the field stuff that i'm i'm doing now but um there's a couple other things that um you know i've been working with um you know others for a while is the reform sports project so my good friend nick um I don't even know how he got connected. I think he, he did an interview for me because he knew that I, through social media and through former teammates, that like I was a multi-sport athlete. So, you know, he started this, this project just to raise awareness and education about multi-sport athletes and how early specialization, you know, is detrimental to the future of, you know, eventually what that athlete's going to go and play to. So he's interviewed amazing coaches. Like we have a board, like Nick Calhoun's on the board. Um, Michael Phelps, coach is on the board. So it's really cool to be involved with that. And just, you know, like I was a multi-sport athlete. So like, I know what, like doing gymnastics, playing basketball, I know what that did for me in my career for the athleticism and speed and explosiveness that I had for soccer. So, um, you know, super pumped for him and just the direction that that's going in um, with Mason, you know, I, one of the the things that I want to increase is just think the community engagement. Um, just being involved in the community. So, you know, we partnered with open goal project, a nonprofit in DC that provides soccer playing opportunities, you know, for those kids in, in DC that don't have the money to pay for club sports. Cause we know how expensive that can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got to come to a game and we did a little mini skirmish with them on our field after. So, you know, definitely want to get more involved with them. Um, leveling the playing field is another nonprofit that I'm involved in. They, collect sporting good equipment um, and gear, um, you know, new and and slightly used and distribute that to those, um, you know, teams and schools that don't have the money to provide that equipment for their players. So, you know, we had a um, a couple of our players go up to the warehouse and help sort gear. So um, Bobby and I are on the board for that nonprofit. So it's just nice to, you know, be involved in the sporting world because I know what sports did for me. Um, the experiences and the relationships that it gave me. So, you know, I want to make sure that others have the opportunity as well.
0: The thing that I love about it too, is the last part where you said my players, so they got to, they're a part of it as well. This isn't just, Oh, it's coach. She's off doing all these things. I love how you in developing the community um, connection, how impactful. And I love the, the the program you're in with other coaches from other sports how cool has it been to hear, like you said, some of the input from coaches that are, you know, maybe it's basketball or maybe it's whatever. Um, how cool has that been to kind of hear, like you said, from other people's perspective? then you're like, you know what, when we peel all the stuff away, it's still coaching and it's still dealing with young, you know, female or male athletes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been definitely reassuring um, you know, to have that space. And, you know, even on like, so the first call was all about just introducing ourselves, you know, like, you know, where we coach and just kind of a little bit about ourselves. And then that second call, like we started the hot seats and like my good friend who's in it, um, she's a soccer coach as well. Um, you know, she was like, I was debating between two topics, you know, one was a little bit more safe, but this other one is really, really like vulnerable for me to talk about. And she went with that one, even on the second call, like, we were that comfortable. And then like the third call, it's like, I'm going to follow that lead and go with something that's like really, really deep in my heart right now. Um, You know, so it's just really awesome to like have that connection right away. And I've connected off like off the call as well, individually with a couple of the other coaches um, just about some things that like, you know, I'm going through and and they're going through. So it's, it's just like, so reassuring that like, as coaches, like we feel like, oh my gosh, like my team is going through this. Like I'm the only one going through this. Like, how am I going to deal with this? There are a million other coaches going through what you're going through so it's nice to have that community and like you know even with duke tick brand and like even the b course like we're all going to be going through the same so it's nice to be able to share um you know and feel comfortable like sharing the hardship that you're going through because as coaches like we want to be prideful and say oh yeah my team's great and like you know we got a perfect record and there's no team culture issues whatsoever um you know like we're very prideful about that but it's you know it's so reassuring and just so like relieving to like have that space and talk about it and get that, you know, that advice and experience from others.
0: I think the cool thing too, is, is, is the, the shift I think now, especially with mental health and stuff like that is that we're having more and more opportunities and, and like almost like a safe space, kind of like what you have here with this group to be able to say, look, I'm struggling personally with blah, 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 blah. And then you're getting some feedback and you're realizing like, I'm not the only one that struggles with, you know, whatever it might be that I'm going with, even beyond just like the the specific coaching points and like my team is doing this or whatever. Um, Cause it's not easy. Like you said, like just listening to your off season, even the last month, you have to cram in all of your family kind of stuff. So you're going across country, or coming back, or driving. driving. Um, and even like you said, with Bobby's, schedule your schedule just those opportunities to take advantage of the time together um is so beneficial so i think it's really cool to hear and i'm getting it more and more in like when i talk with people on the podcast is um having more platforms to just come out and say like i struggled with and you talked about that earlier with your girls like i came and told them like look i had yeah a lot of success like you look at my resume and you see a lot of, like you said, the results are positive, but I've also had some of those downtimes, and I think it's cool that you're having multiple opportunities. I think it's going to bode well for you moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, this is just an additional thing that um, my husband and I do. We, we do a one word, you know, John Gordon's one word for each year. Um, last year was, was mighty. Um 2019 well 2020 was abide um definitely had a lot of time Mm. in 2020 to just abide um 2019 when i had hip surgery left maryland went for this marymount job had the tumor removed my words were grit and grace so this year my word is focus um you know i was debating between like balance or priority but i wanted to do focus and just what i focus on and like a lot of that is that mental health you know like because I am a million miles per hour and because I, you know, deal with these mental and physical health issues, like I need to make sure that I'm focusing on the right things and not getting distracted. So, you know, mental health is a big thing. It's a big thing for my players, you know, and for my players to know that like, I'm going through stuff too. And it just makes having those conversations, you know, not about soccer, but about everything else, like so much easier. You know, we do have a sports like on staff and he is like overbooked. It's wild, you know, just how much that our players are currently dealing with, like on and off the field. I know a lot of it has to do with the pandemic and what we're going through, but also the stressors of being a college student athlete. So for me to have been in that space and been in their shoes and for me to currently be dealing with stuff now, like having those conversations, like every conversation that we have is just another opportunity to connect with them and make sure that the players know, like I have their back. I'm going to support them. I'm going to encourage them. And that for them to know that they can come to me about stuff. Like, yes, we have the professionals. I'm not a sports psychologist whatsoever. That's definitely not my forte, Mm -hmm. but just for them to know that, like, I have dealt with stuff. I'm currently dealing with stuff. Like, it just makes us, you know, connect a little bit easier.
0: Yeah. It gives it that like human piece to it where they see you beyond just like, Oh, that's just coach. Um, Type of thing. I always run into that as a teacher when kids see me out and about and they're like, oh, it was really awkward because <laughs> I didn't think you actually went to the grocery store or whatever.
1: They're um, just at home or they're out yeah, school. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. As you look at where you're at now, um, if we were to look 10, 15 years ahead, what do you have kind of uh, aspirations to maybe go to Power Five down the road or to maybe go professionally in terms of coaching? Like, what Types of things, or are you just grounded in like at this point, I just want to kind of live me, focus like you said on where I'm at now. Um, continue to make you know work on making myself better as a person, as a coach, and then I'll take things as they come. Because you've talked about like your faith um, journey and what have you a little bit earlier. Where do you kind of see yourself moving forward?
1: Yeah, I think there's a little bit of both. You know my my mom, she's like she was a teacher too, and she's yoga teacher and like loves nature and is very like grounded so she's always just like stay in the moment be present so like I do have that and like what's great about Mason is like I have this space and I have the time you know like Bobby's very secure in what he's doing I'm like we want to be here like I want to build this program out like with Marymount like I had that a little bit like that was my program that I changed you know obviously with Maryland I was an assistant but I had some you know specific things that I did like I did a player development program there with goal setting, goal planning. So like I had little bits of pieces there with Maryland had a little bit with Marymount, but now with Mason um, you know, like this, this is my baby. I want this project. Like I want to build it out to what I know it can be and implement all the ideas that I have. So like, yes, I'm staying grounded in this moment now with Mason just being here and just, you know, making myself better, making my players better, making the program better. Um, you know, but also like, you know, there's nothing wrong with being ambitious and looking down the road, even as a Christian, even knowing that God has a plan, like there's nothing wrong with like setting goals of my own. Yeah. Eventually down the road, like I want to coach professionally or, you know, coach with a national team, um, you know, maybe get back to a power five. It'd have to be like a perfect environment for me. Cause I know what it's like being at a power five. Um, you know, I can't even imagine as a head coach. So yeah, I mean, down the road, I definitely want to continue to get better. And, you know, that's why I'm doing the B course, you know, that's why I'm doing this, you know, Molly Grisham's mastermind class. And, you know, there's other, you know, non-paid resources and programs that you can do. Like I'm a total book nerd. I listen to podcasts. So, you know, I'm just looking to get better. Um, you know, we talk with our team about getting 1% better each day. So that's what I'm trying to do. Um, but yeah, down the road, definitely have some, you know, lofty aspirations and goals.
0: In terms of, uh, all these awesome things that you've shared and what have you and, and your journey, what's a a way for people to connect to you and kind of follow like the George Mason journey, Um, or even just to connect with you and say, Hey, some of the stuff you talked about resonated with me um, and, and what have you, what's some good ways to connect and follow?
1: Yeah. um, I try to be as, active as I can on social media. So, um, you know, people can definitely reach out to me in there. I'm very open to having conversations and connecting with people and sharing my journey and listening to others about their journey. Um, you know, with Mason, we have, we do have a Twitter and Instagram, Mason W Sock. So um, Jordan, our SAD is amazing. And just the content that she posts, um, she's fantastic. So, um, you know, we definitely post some good stuff on there for our team social media. And then I'm on Instagram and, and Twitter as well. Makowski 22 Makowski McCoskey is my maiden name, my playing name. So I kept with that. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very happy to, to speak and connect with people on social media as well.
0: What's the, uh, what's the importance of the 22?
1: Uh, that was my Jersey number. So um, that was one of my first numbers growing up 22 um and then when I started like premier club travel um I had a very old school coach who believed that soccer numbers were only one through 18 Mm -hmm. so I chose 13 lucky number 13 for a while so that was like my high school number my club number my college number and then um when I first my first year playing pro um, like I had gotten back, I had gotten to a point in my career where I was like, I want to start enjoying the game again. You know, like there was so much stress and like this and that just to perform at your best. And I was like, you know what, like my first year playing pro and I want to get back to playing like a kid. So I chose 22. So for my, you know, my pro career, I was 22.
0: That's really cool that yeah. that has that kind of symbolic. Cause I was like, that's interesting that it it's not a birth year and what have no. you. And, I was like, <laughs> and that's kind of weird. Like 22, that's so cool that it went uh, full circle. The other thing you mentioned, and, uh, and then we'll kind of wrap things up is, um, the, the, the person that puts out all the social and all that stuff, how important has it been to surround yourself with a staff? Um, how important was that when you started at George Mason, like, especially with you being kind of thrust into the situation? Um, how important has it been to kind of surround yourself with people, um, that, you know, are going to help you be successful?
1: Yeah, definitely important. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful and we're very fortunate to have, you know, a sports information department, a business department, our strength coach, you know, our athletic trainers, our nutritionist, sports psychologists, even Todd, my admin. Like, I didn't necessarily have that all at Marymount. Like, I was the social media person, I was the equipment person, I was the business person, you know, like I was literally doing everything at Marymount, which is great that I had that learning experience there because now at Mason, when I'm connecting with, you know, Jill from business and she explained something to me. I actually understand what she's talking about, even though like she's taking care of everything. I just, you know, got to give her receipts. Like I understand what, what she's talking about. Um, you know, so creating those relationships who are, you know, going to get things done for you. So important, you know, so like I That was one of the things that, you know, I had done my first couple of weeks, even in preseason, the craziness of preseason was, you know, be able to connect with all those people in the different departments, because I know that, you know, they're, they're doing a great job and they're going to be able to help me. So it's very, very nice to have all of those different departments doing what they're doing.
0: That's so awesome. I have absolutely loved this chat. Um, We'll go ahead and shut it down. This is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats with Manya Popioni, and I'm out. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> the beanie of choice for this episode was a Columbia beanie. Go to Columbia.com and get you one. Thanks for listening to the podcast. This is Karen, and I'm out. Peace.